BeastNet podcast, sponsored in part by James Safety Services, OCR Buddy, and supported by the fitness community. Here we discuss all things fitness-related, running, rucking, mental health and preparedness, and of course, obstacle course racing. Welcome to the BeastNet. We don't bite hard. Hey everybody, it's Mike with BeastNet, and on today's episode, I have with me Jennifer Tarnicki. So Jennifer, let everyone know who you are. Hey, um, I'm a new racer to the OCR community. I've actually only been racing since June of 2022. And in that time, I've done about 32 races, all with more heart than sparks. So I'm a part of the crew there helping uh, take our adaptive athletes out. Um, people with both uh, visible and invisible scars. And I'm actually one of the ones with the invisible scar. And that's kind of how I've got uh, to be part of that organization. So, which is amazing. I mean, most of the listeners know that, you know, um, I'm, I race with more heart than scars quite a bit. Um, well, I do now, um, before I didn't, but I, I just raced and now I, I've been racing with more heart than scars. I finally got BeastNet. We've been associated with more heart than scars, but we were on the West coast and they didn't do a lot of races on the West coast. Mm-hmm. Um, now I live in Texas, so I'm a lot closer. Mm-hmm. So I've done a couple races now with the, the team we've always supported from afar, Mm-hmm. but um, I wasn't able to travel as much as uh, Don was. So Don would travel and go to races and I would just support with the podcast. But now that I'm closer, I can go to, go to more races. It's pretty cool. amazing being out there and being part of the teamwork and just, just the love that goes into that because a lot of us are suffering in our own ways. And when you're out there and you're putting others before you, I mean, I, I kind of view that as an act of love, you know, helping yeah. people over, a-frames which i used to be terrified of and now i love so just mm-hmm. overcoming all these obstacles when you get out there so and, and it helps us as well the, the people that are out there you know and a lot of people don't think about that they're like oh you're helping these people i'm like you don't realize how much it's helping us as well um most people yeah. know and i've mentioned on the podcast a couple of times i was done i didn't want to do ocr anymore i didn't want to do any of it um i've had um some outs some some issues uh with i was a spartan ambassador for a long time and i've had issues with that team um and stepped away um i just i didn't have the love for it anymore i wasn't mm-hmm. enjoying it anymore and i figured out part of what that was during covid i lost over 100 pounds and wow. i awesome. started racing yeah i started doing competitive mm-hmm. well in competitive it's all about you and I lost my love because of that. Mm-hmm. Because before that, I always raced with my friends, with my group. We always had our group. We weren't officially helping people, but we helped people. That's just what yeah. you did. Yeah. You know, I can remember being on a race where we had a goal. We were going to be done in, you know, a super in less than two hours. We were going to cruise. We were going to make it. And we were probably two and a half, three miles from finishing. And we were right on pace. We were perfectly on pace. We were going to make it. And we ran across this lady that was having major issues. And without a second thought, all three of us just stopped and started helping her. None mm-hmm. of us even said anything. We never said, oh, this is going to ruin our time or anything like that. Yeah. We just kind of all gave each other a look and we knew exactly what, okay, the, yeah. the, the goal's out the window because this lady is finishing this race, you know, and the look on her face when she finished was just like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and the feeling I felt was just amazing. And like I said, that when I lost the weight, I'm like, I'm going to go competitive and I'm going to race hard and I'm going to go out there and kick some butt. And I did. I mean, I had fun. I mean, I got my best 
um, sprint. I mean, I'm not great. I'm never going to be really fast, but my best sprint was, I was so mad. I wanted to beat an hour. I was one hour and 30 seconds. Hey, that's and, good. I mean, but then, like I said, I, there was now what? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think for me, it's, it's seeing their, their faces and stuff, people that, you know, especially like our adaptive athletes were, mm -hmm. You know, something's tragic that's happened to them, or maybe they were born that way and getting to see their faces when they actually do something when, you know, a lot of times that maybe been told, no, you can't do this, or you're not able or whatever, and seeing them go over an A-frame or whatever, just the joy and happiness in their face, that, that gives me my why, why I go out there and do what I do, you know, why I go out and help. And I'm the same. That was kind of like me. I did, like I said, I was pretty much done. And then, um this year once i moved to houston um i decided i was going to do the dallas race and i was going to do the dallas race with the team um and it was the first part race i did all year and i did it with marla with the team you know to get marla through um things didn't go well there's most of the listeners know kind of how that did not end the way we wanted it to um but even just getting her through most of that you know half of it um, and everything else and look on her face and just everyone else, how appreciative and how many people are like, oh, I never, I have a friend, you know, I hear this all the time. I had friends that oh, well, have always wanted to do this, but they have this disability and mm -hmm. never thought they could. And it's like, well, reach out to us. We, we yeah. will help, mm -hmm. you know, and we give people that, mm -hmm. you know, and that was we like, well, after they've yeah. lost it for a while, you know, yep. and world's toughest. There was somebody, one of the people that was one of the pit crews was in a wheelchair. And made some comment like I never thought I would be able to go out there and do the race. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, give us, give us, a, we'll help, you know, because we got, I mean, the look on Marla's face when we got hit 25 was just amazing. When we hit that 25 mile mark before we even went to bed. Yeah. You know, and she was hoping just to hit 20. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's so awesome. Yeah. That's, that's what makes what, it worth a while, you know, it going out there. It's the cold, it trucking really through the wet, all that stuff. Yeah. And trying to, you know, you know, pull and, you know, do all the different duties and learning what you're supposed to do when you're on the chairs and everything else. And, and I think that's the other thing too, is, I mean, nobody, I, people don't realize how much each of us has to do. Yeah. You know, Safety they're like, oh, oh, yeah. Yep. Safety you're just walking next to it. Mm -hmm. Not really. No. <laughs> no. No, we're pulling, we're pushing, you know, some of us look like we're just walking, but we're there because we may need to do the break. We may need to be an extra pull, you know, all sorts of different things that, yeah. you know, and all sorts of thought, you know, it really is, you know, a six man team, at least a six person team for one mm -hmm. chair to yeah. do it correctly. Yeah. Always thinking about the safety of the athlete, the terrain, mm -hmm. you know, some of those races, <laughs> none of them are flat <laughs> so no. watching that train so that ch chair don't tip a certain way making sure that they're safe um mm -hmm. yeah making you know, sure they have a good time too <laughs> figuring out spots where you have to take the chair up and over an obstacle because there's water. no other option you can't yeah. go around it water mm -hmm. i mean so many different things and then you know and it becomes about them it's like one of those things that like world's toughest at world's toughest a lot of people are like oh what do you think about these up i'm like i never actually did that obstacle the whole night mm -hmm. they're like but you were there for 24 hours i'm like yeah but i was with marla yeah it was about getting her through exactly and i didn't need to be you know 
involved on that part of it, I wasn't, you know, and that's, that's kind of it. You know, there was, we, we helped her on a lot of the obstacles. It was getting her through the obstacles, you know, and making sure that each one of us was going to be able to still be out there for the whole 30 miles. Because mm -hmm. out of the whole team, I think there was one person who had an a, a issue with their feet who had to step out for a bit, but then was back in, you know, mm -hmm. but that was it. I mean, other than that, we were all out there. And I mean, it was one of those things and it wasn't, it wasn't really that person's choice. Mm -hmm. He was yeah. told that he yeah. was taking, he, he was stepping out. So by, uh, yeah, by, by a couple of people. So, yeah, you know, and that's the other thing with the team. It's not just the athletes. We're looking for at each other too. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're looking at each other and saying, oh, Hey, so-and-so is starting to have some issues. We may need to swap and put them. And that's once again, why you want at least six. So people can swap in and out a couple more. So if someone's getting tired, they can yeah. trade off yep. trade off and it, it's tough yeah it's definitely it's a lot of a lot of teamwork it is <laughs> yeah and, but it makes it it um, does and joey does a great job at figuring out who needs to be on each one because i know when me and joey before we really raced together we had a little bit of a issue and a lot of it's my communication problems and i'll be honest with that i, I have major when i'm talking like this we're okay because I can inflection. You can see my face. You can hear the, the the tone of my voice. When I'm texting, I come across as the most crass, like horrible person sometimes because I don't think about how sh my little short, like, okay. or oh, That's just texting in general. Oh. It's so hard to communicate that way. You can't. And I'm you the don't... worst. <laughs> I am the worst. And it was one of those ones. I sent something to Joe and I can't remember what it was, but I sent it. And it was like, if there was an apostrophe, it would have been a, like a, a comma. It would have made, wouldn't have sounded so bad, but without the <laughs> comma, it just sounded like I was totally second guessing everything he was doing. And I'm like, no, I was just kind of wondering, I, I, you know, but it was just like, oh, but I mean, I could get everything that he has to do. I mean, he has to make sure that most of the time, like with the, the Dallas race, that we had enough people, there was two groups going out, one doing the beast, one doing the ultra, that we had enough between the two. People the backing gear. out at the last yep, yeah. the gear, people backing out at the last minute, trying to figure out if we, you know, do we need to switch people from this race to this race? I mean, everything else. And it's just like they call him the cat herder for a reason. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. He uh he's definitely a very strong individual to be able to manage all of that. There's yeah. so many of us and so much we're trying to accomplish and for the greater good for the community and, you know, this organization, but mm -hmm. better him than me because I don't know if yeah. I, could, I could do it all. So. Well, it, it does seem that he is starting to, you know, which, which I get, I'm, I'm, I'm horrible about this too, uh, handing off some things mm -hmm. and delegating. Yeah. Um, that was one of the things like with the, the podcast, a lot of people don't know. I mean, most listeners do know that at one point this was almost over. The, the podcast was going to be done because I was burnout. I was toast because wow. I was doing all of it. I was mm -hmm. the one recording. I was editing, scheduling everything. Um, and Don, you know, brother Boggs saved my ass. He stepped in and said, Hey, I'll do a lot of it. I'll do most of it. You just record the episodes. Yeah. And the second that happened, it kind of, you know, took that weight off me. Yeah. Um, I try and help him because he does do a lot. Now I don't do anything but this. So so most people don't realize that if they, in the background 90 percent of beastnet is is brother box 90 percent. i'm just the face 
in the books. <laughs> so this doesn't happen if he's not there. Um, yeah. So, and a lot of people, me and, Bob, me and Don, we've known each other since preschool. So a few people wow. actually thought we were actually brothers. And it's like, well, we are. Yeah. Just not biologically. So, right. Yeah. So yeah, we met in we met in preschool. So wow. Yeah, we've known each other a little while. Yeah. But, wow. That's awesome. So like I said, he has been handed like delegating some things a little bit more than Joey has. So I know you aren't you taking over a little bit of helping Yeah, with I'm helping kids? with our um social media team. So um that's that's been fun. Um getting to do our promos that we have like the big one right now we got with um spartan the races and uh mm -hmm. good for what the sprint super beast ultra the trail race i'm doing my first trail race in jacksonville next nice. month i've never done one before so i'm pretty excited about that also the tough mutters and any decas so 100 bucks donate to the organization and get a race come out and join us you know, Amazing. That's, that's I mean, a, yeah, that's an awesome deal. It is an awesome deal. I mean, yeah, you can't no. I know when I first started racing, I think you could get a sprint for like 60 bucks, but that was a long time ago. But, <laughs> yeah, they're a little more than that now. <laughs> but even then, I that's one of the reasons why I was I worked for, you know, the the Spartan Street team is mm -hmm. I got free races. Mm -hmm. yeah. And when I first started, there was a lot more ways to get the free races. And I would end up by the end of the year with so many extras. So yeah. I used to all the time, I was that one where, you know, people would be like, Hey, you want to race? And they're like, Oh, it's too expensive. Okay. I'll give you a free race. What's your next excuse? Come on, let's go. You know, that's awesome. you know, and that's, that's awesome. one of the things <laughs> it's like, yeah, come oh, up. What's it. what's excuse number two? And they're like, they're uh, like, Oh no, <laughs> now I really got to commit. Yeah. yeah. Cool. But, uh, I like getting out of my comfort zone and yes. doing that stuff, you know? And that's, what's great about it. I mean, that's, what's great with the team too. I mean, a hundred boxes, I mean, that's a huge deal, you know? I know I've been sharing that too, but yeah. I'm really bad about saying that I shared it and put it on the spreadsheet. I'm not good at that. You'll find that out. Do you need me to log your stuff for you, Mike? <laughs> no, I'll do it. <laughs> or I'll make Don do it. Don does most. <laughs> he really does. Like pretty much anytime I order anything or anything like that, it's Don. It's not me because I'm like, I can't figure out the, the spreadsheet. I'm, I'm, I'm good at just turning this on. <laughs> But I've got the spreadsheet figured out. I did figure that out. So I can get into it. I just keep forgetting. And then it's like, I go to do it. And then I'm like, when did I post? I know. I have to go back to my Facebook and look at the dates. I usually try to do it as soon as I post, but that no. doesn't always work out that way. So, yeah, you know, so if besides, you know, someone just volunteer or, you know, buying the, the race codes there, is there any other way that people can help and like, you yeah. know, do stuff um, for more heart than scars? Mm -hmm. The you can also help with, um, volunteering so i mean you can buy the race and go do it by yourself or you can buy the race and maybe come volunteer with us uh, see what we do um, see us in action um, also there are um, ways to contribute financially donations if they want to go that route um, also setting up if they have like a local event in their area where they want to sponsor more heart than scars they can do that as well bring attention to the maybe like a local race um, there's a lot of different ways that they can help us help, uh, keep doing what we're doing for not only the adaptive athletes, but also, um, others like myself with the invisible scars, just helping us get out there. Um, the whole reason I came into more heart than scars is, um, I was kind of in a dark period in my life. Um, 
I can remember having suicidal thoughts at the age of nine. So most of my life I've dealt with this. Um, I've had a lot of grief in my life. Um, I've lost a, a brother at 13. He was 13 years old and I lost my sister. She was 33. So I was, when they, when uh, one of our other members, Mark, found me, <laughs> I think I needed more hearts and scars more than they needed me in many ways. So they helped, helped me find purpose again in my life because I was kind of just searching and just being out there with them and all that. It just, I don't know, it's calming to the depression and anxiety that I'm so used to having <laughs> rattling around in my head. So um, just amazing organization. It really is. So always tell part them of it too. Save me. <laughs> and they do. They, they've saved me too. And I think part of what it is, is because you realize there's bad there people out there. Mm -hmm. um, the hardest part, I mean, because some listeners know, some don't. I don't go deep a lot of times into my own mental, but I, I mentioned it a few because I have a, one of the guys, Dave, I talk to a lot, and we talk a lot about mental, especially being, you know, our age and men and what we're expected mm -hmm. to be and all that stuff and how the, the things get in your head. Um, you think you're alone. That, that's the biggest thing that mm -hmm. I found with depression. Depression is so good at making you feel alone. And I can remember being parts of huge groups and still feeling like I was by myself, mm -hmm. you know, and so alone. Um, and the one thing I love about More Heart Than Scars, they go out of their way to make sure you don't feel that way, to make sure, you know, if you, you know, someone posts something that's a little, hmm, you know, people are like, hey, how's it going? How, how are you feeling? If someone knows, hey, something's, something's happened to your life, the, the, the team is reaching out and like, hey, are you doing okay? Do you need someone to talk to? And that part is yeah. what's the other part about the team that's so amazing because people don't see like, like we always talk about the invisible. Mm -hmm. You can see if someone's missing a leg, someone's in a wheelchair, someone's, you know, has these obvious like, hey, that person is, you know, they they have they're an adaptive athlete because of that they don't see mm -hmm. what's up here they can't see what's in my you know my head or it's in your head um everything may look great but yeah. you never know um i i'm a, i'm a safety guy in my you know normal life i do safety i'm I, you know osha all that you know work site safety and stuff um one of the companies i used to work for i actually did mental health awareness talks um, I actually did it for Washington State. I did it at the governor's conference. I, I did a, a, a talk on mental health awareness. And until you see some of the numbers, you don't realize how bad it really is and how much people hide, mm -hmm. you know, behind the masks and everything like that. And it's it's scary. And yeah, I think that's one thing I like with the group. They, they look, mm -hmm. yeah, they look for that. I, I think mm -hmm. the best is, and I can't remember, it's a, a football club from like Europe or something that had a video, had a commercial about mental health and it shows these two guys at the game. And the one guy just looks like he's bored the whole time. Just, eh. and then all of a sudden at the end of the video, the other guy who's like chap clapping and excited the whole time suddenly isn't there. But the guy who was sad all the time is, and you see him put like, you know, a, um, a scarf on the seat where the other guy sat the whole time. And it just says, you never know. Uh, yeah you know you never know who's battling what what demons are in our head and that's one thing you find i do comedy too and com comics are the most depressed people you've ever met 
but they hide it and mask it with comedy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, that that's their therapy in their way. And I do that too as one of my outlets, but the team, they brought me out of a dark place. I was getting dark again and, and they kind of helped me come back out of that. Yeah. They definitely helped me out of mine and on my, um, never was into like physical fitness. So, but in order to help with these races, you kind of, you need to have some strength, you know, so I've been working on that mm -hmm. and it's been, it's been eye opening for me um, because I've probably been on every depression medicine you can think of over the course of my life. And for the first time for me personally, I'm not taking anything. I just do my workout every day, which I know doesn't work for everyone. But in my case, it's been very beneficial. It's almost like, you know, taking my medicine every day, do my workout, my strength training and stuff. And it's, it's been a, a lot better. So I still have some of the suicidal thoughts time to time, but you know, I'm able to, maybe my mindset's stronger, able to push them away and not think about it so much. So, but they've helped me with that. Well, and so. I think too, it's one of those being part of the team you you know you have people that if you needed to you could call mm -hmm, you definitely. know or if you know if they see something a little bit off they're gonna they're gonna send you a message um i have a, a good good friend of mine that all the time i don't think we've had like a full like real conversation in like a year and a half but every once in a while I'll just send a, a text love you miss you mm-hmm yeah, there's several of the team yeah. members I speak to. Well, I don't speak to them, but we we message back and forth daily. You know, yeah. we have, you know, we keep in touch and check on each other and stuff. So it's a big family is what it is. It's my extended it family at this point. So, yeah. yeah, like I said, I have friends and everyone's, there's a couple of them. We just send like memes back and forth or, you know, stupid <laughs> videos that we find, yep. Yep. you know. <laughs> But it's just those stupid little things sometimes they make you think, oh, they thought of me. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. And it reminds you that there's other people out there that you're not alone. And that was one of the hardest things for me moving to Houston. I have issues. I had issues, you know, living in Seattle and stuff, feeling alone, even though I was surrounded by family, friends, everything else. I'm the youngest of six kids, family, friends, everything. Moving to Houston, I know like two people that live here that's it you know and one of them is my wife who lives with me the other, there's a friend that i actually met on the the dallas ultra two years ago um we became great friends and she lives down here um she's my sufferer sister now when we go and do workouts but uh <laughs> except she's gotten a lot better in shape and i've gotten worse so i've got to work on some things but but i was really worried about the the being alone feeling but it's amazing how just like i said those weird texts and everything else and that that was another thing during covid that i had major issues with all yeah, of a sudden COVID i couldn't couldn't mm -hmm. socialize and i couldn't do that and i'm like eh. even though we broke the rules and socialized more than we were supposed to but whatever um <laughs> we could yeah, only hang COVID with family we can only hang with family i call them family so we're good but because I lived right by a park and I had a huge yard. So we'd have workouts and stuff in the par park and stuff like that and do what we could to try and still, because we're social creatures. We need mm -hmm. that socialization. And I think that that took a lot. And that was one of the things once COVID ended, I was in the best shape I'd ever been in. Mm -hmm. But my mindset wasn't. Yeah. Worst. Yeah. I remember right. I've, I've just always been um, more quiet, I guess, you know, introvert or whatever, but. I really realized how much I missed people during COVID. 
Yeah. I was working from home. Um, just like you, I felt like my mental health just declined, not being able to just interact with people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. It, it was tough. It, it was tough. And I'm one of those, I'm definitely on the opposite. I am not quiet. I am the <laughs> loud guy who is in, in the center of attention. Um, <laughs> it's kind of why I do this. In yeah. Comedy, you know. <laughs> but, yeah. So it, it definitely, it, it took a lot. And that was one of those things that, that was, like you said, the mental scars, I came out of that and I'm just like, you know, I, I had been trained, I've gone through mental health first aid classes, all these things on how to deal with it. And I know how to recognize it in someone else and how to help somebody else. And I've gone through all this training on how to help somebody else deal with a mental crisis. Mm-hmm. But then when it's you, it's tough. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, I know how to do it. It's like, you know, but it's like a surgeon doing surgery on themselves. It just doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true yeah. and i think that was the hardest part for me is coming out of COVID. it's like i'm trained to do all this and i can help others but i didn't know how to help myself and it's like that the saying you know also goes like the person who helps everyone else is usually the one that needs the help mm-hmm. you know because they're not getting it because everyone's having them help them and i think that's where i came out of COVID was that mm-hmm. way and then you know things got a little better in the last year and then all of a sudden we moved to texas so <laughs> texas well. is nice though oh it is it's gorgeous i love it here um we live down in the houston area um beautiful i love our house i mean we bought a probably the biggest house we've ever had and mm-hmm. it's only me and my wife now no kids all the kids the youngest moved out so three quarters of an acre i mean it's it's great it's brand Long new house of paradise yep <laughs> Brand new house, which it worked because it gives me the studio. I mean, mm-hmm. I built my my own studio, which the one reason why I use the green screen the most is I don't know if you can see what's behind me. I can't really make out what it is. It's scream. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. uh, nice. It's, it's a full <laughs> nine foot tall standee that they, you have at the movie theaters. Uh-huh. Because my kid worked at the movie theater and he got it, but we never had a room that was big enough to put it up in. And I'm like, there you go. Now we do. Yeah. So that's why I said the most of them, I put the green screen behind me because that gets, yeah. It's <laughs> awesome. But it's, you know, for me, that's kind of one of those things. And I think it's really helped my mental health too, to have this. I have this room that I can come in here and I can record. I can do whatever. You know, I can do my, I'm working, trying to get my master's degree so I can work on that in here, you know, and all that. So, and I think that's another thing where it gave me my own space, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but like I said, but at the same time, I still, I need that socialization, but luckily mm-hmm. I get that at work. So, and I found a couple groups down here. I found a rocking group down here that I usually go rock with on the weekends. Cool. So, yeah. Um, so my my since I'm the more quiet side, mine is uh painting. I enjoy painting and then I nice. like photography and stuff too. So I do that to escape. So that's what I need to get back into reading. I read I I have a whole like massive books over here and on my mm-hmm. side, but it's been a while since I really just sat down and read a book. Cause now it's like I'm reading textbooks, I'm reading all that, trying to, you know, get mm-hmm. on my master's degree and all that. But it's like one of these days. I think Read something you want. To, yeah, we're supposed to go on a cruise next month. Oh, we're wow. going on a cruise. And I think the last time I read a full book, like 
in like three days was on a cruise because I'd just go lay on the deck, mm-hmm. you know, out in the sun and just read my book. Relax. Yeah. And there's nothing better than a paper book in my hand. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's it. I think that's one of the things that has been the hardest for me is finding, I know what worked for my mental health in my teens, in my twenties, in my thirties. And now, you know, I'm in my forties and it's like, I don't have access to some of those things anymore. I mean, in my teens and twenties, I was reading books and probably drugs and alcohol, which is not actual mental health fix. That's making it worse. Mm-hmm. But back then you thought it was fixing it, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. and then you get older realize that evolves it changes yeah Yeah. it's like that's not fixing you're actually making things worse by doing this (laughs) you know then it was the kids had the kids and it was doing stuff with the kids coaching baseball Mm -hmm. coaching sports doing stuff with the kids that was my mental Mm -hmm. you know out because i was doing them helping with them getting them through their their sports and teaching them and then you know 30s they got older you know then it was work i had a job that was very fulfilling and -hmm. stuff like that and then now that I'm in my 40s, it's like, okay, need to, you know, and right now it's still, I, I found the one thing I like to do is help and teach. So, and that's one thing, like, I think with more hearts and scars is I like it because I can help. Yeah. I don't think and I've been out difference. there and done a race with you. I don't, I don't think, think so. Because so. yeah. I've only really done three races actually with the team. Well, four technically, because I did do one with Nicole in Seattle mm-hmm. last year. Okay, I remember when she went to that one. Yeah, I, I helped her with that one, but it wasn't, I mean, she walked most, she walked the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's doing it. amazing. So, so yeah. there wasn't a whole lot that mm-hmm. I had to do besides walk with her, make sure she was okay. In right. fact, I wasn't even supposed to be there because I did the Ironman the next day. That's awesome. So I'm like, I wasn't going to go because I'm like, I'm doing an Ironman tomorrow. <laughs> But then, you know, Don didn't have the help that he needed. And I'm like, okay, fine. I'll be there. <laughs> I'll be there. I'll, I'll help you. But I'm not doing, I'm like, I'm not doing any obstacles. I'm just helping because I'm doing an Ironman tomorrow. In fact, <laughs> when we went down there, my bike was in, because it was an hour and a half drive. My mm-hmm. bike was in the back of the car wow. because I had to drop it off yeah. on my way home at the, you know, for, for transition. So I did that one. And then Dallas this year at the ultra was my first real one with the team. Um, and then I did uh world's toughest. Yeah. So I've only really done the three. Um, you have any planned did, out oh, this way? I did do Florida. That's right. I did do Florida with Erica. So that in December, cause it was my birthday, literally yeah. on my birthday. I did, I did Florida with, with Erica, which was a blast. It was so great to finally meet Erica in person. Mm-hmm. So um, I was, it amazes me how much trust she puts in the team, you know, with everything. And just, yeah, I mean, she's awesome. She's an amazing person with an incredible story. So she is, she is. Um, for this year, I don't know what I'm going to do. I was hoping to do Jacksonville, but I'm, that's the week of my crew. That's the weekend of my cruise. Yeah. So I'm going on a, the Jay and silent Bob cruise. So I get to go cruise with Jay and silent Bob. So, which <laughs> I mean, if we got the chance why not but uh <laughs> um i'm probably gonna do houston but i don't know if we have an athlete for houston so because i'm i mean i live in houston so. you might as well yeah it's right in your backyard that's like us um, not doing atlanta when yeah. it's right here so and then um i think what was the other fayetteville i think we're gonna do because that's marla's revenge 
Yeah, I'll be that one. So, so I'll meet you there. Yeah, at least in do, May, right? Yeah. We're gonna do that one because I, I want to be there when Marla gets it because I feel I feel bad that we weren't able to do it that first one. So, but that was a brute. We were dead. We were so hurt, yeah. so bad. So, um, I, I think part of that one was we didn't have enough team that we needed a couple more people. Um, mm -hmm. we were running thin. Um, we had a couple people that got hurt in the first, you know on that lap so we dropped people we were already short and then we dropped people because they were hurt and then by the time we got back in it was just there wasn't enough time yeah there just yeah. wasn't we were out of time and it's like mm. so, yeah and it yeah, hurt I hope though she gets her revenge in may yeah it awesome. hurt it hurt yeah. bad but but we'll get it we'll get it in may mm -hmm. so yeah i think we're gonna make sure that somehow we get that one so mm -hmm. which we will. And this team is great. I mean, that was one thing I think it was awesome to see Marla and the look on her face. Like I said, at world's toughest those that that's what made me feel bad. It was when we, mm -hmm. we got her to that 25 mile bib. Right. Yep. Before she even went to bed. And I mean, she was, I mean, <laughs> the look on her face was just amazing, but I will tell you when it was time to get back up in the morning and go back and do that last five mile loop. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Your body's already stiffened yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah. That's fun. Yeah. And I didn't plan right. I, I didn't have everything I should have for like sleeping because I didn't even think about it. I'm like, I'm, we're not sleeping. But so, yeah, once we went to go to sleep, I forgot my sleeping bag. Like I had a, uh, the, the, what is it? The dry robe and just kind of wrapped mm -hmm. myself in dry robe. Like it was a sleeping bag. It was, it wasn't good planning. Always, uh, after certain races and stuff, I've read too many of David Goggins books, but he talks about that after action report, what went well, what did yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So I always do that. My ultra, yeah. <laughs> there's so many things I did wrong. So, but better time next time. So yeah, that was me on the world's toughest. I'm like, okay, there's a lot of things I did wrong. I know what to do better next time. I brought a lot of crap I didn't need. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of stuff I needed, I didn't. So it's like, I know how to, I, I could probably make it with half the crap that I had, mm. but if I'd had the right crap. So, yeah, plan better. Yeah, so, and there's stuff that I need to buy because there's another race that I do that's uh, a 24-hour race that I'm going to need some of that same crap for. So mm -hmm. I just need to go out and get it. But, but it is, I mean the feeling of helping her though and, and helping yeah. other people. And like I said, how many people you get on the course that are like, Hey, you know, how do you get involved in this? Or how do you do this? Or, you know, I, I think one of them, one of the ladies kept asking, you know, how she could find us. And I had, I just gave her one of the bracelets and said, here you go. This will help you, mm -hmm. you know, find yeah. more with those cars. This is us, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's because it was one of those things. It was just, she wasn't with us. She was someone, a random lady who was having mm -hmm. problems on the, the cargo net mm -hmm. he was just mentally gone yeah rose without a thought like henry and um i can't remember who else someone else just immediately like write to her what do you need how can we help you and she's like mm -hmm. i can't do this and we're like yes you can yeah, you, you can, can do mm -hmm. this you know and we should we willed her over mm -hmm. and helped her and i mean everyone's clear chap or clapping cheering yeah i mean and it was just so amazing and afterwards she's like you you know had that look like kind of why and it's like because that's just what we do what we did it's, yeah. yeah it's like we're here to help so yeah yeah i love that, that. like i said that was the thing i was missing because i can remember like when i first did like montana years ago and they put bender it was like the first time they had bender we had a friend who was terrified 
Mm-hmm. So I actually ended up climbing up behind her and basically holding on with her in between me and Bender to hold her in place to make her feel comfortable to get over. And I'm like, you know, she's like, thank you. And I'm like, Hey, you wanted to go over it. I wanted to make sure you could, and you were terrified. So I, I helped mm-hmm. her. And I mean, after I probably did that like four or five times on four or five different races for her that way. And then after that, all of a sudden she just started doing it on her own. And it's like, awesome. You know? And that's the other thing is to see that progression when you have mm-hmm. someone who's so afraid of something. Yes. Yeah. And then after a while they start doing it and you're like, yeah. Yeah. And just the joy in their face too. Um, yeah. A lot. And I used to be, like I said, going over those cargo nets, especially the tough mutter one. That's a little intimidating how tall that one is. So, but yeah. Yeah. Seeing their face when they finally accomplish something that they didn't think they could do, you know. I, I don't have a huge issue with heights, but that, that one. <laughs> yeah. By the time you hit the top, I'm like shaking and like, it's like, yeah, then you got this thing. This I just try not to look down. I know we had to, me and an, another team member had to set up there on the top to kind of lift it up so we could help an adaptive athlete go over. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Sitting on top of the yeah. world up there, I felt like. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we did that with Marla. We got her up and over it a couple of times, but mm-hmm. it was just like, I think by the last time we got there, I'm like, I, I can't do this one again. <laughs> No, I can't. I can't do it again. But if you need me to, I'm up there. But I just, yeah. And that's the fun one to do. But all of a sudden, you're like, I can't do this again. They're like, we need another person. Okay. Okay, I'm doing it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Where okay, we can do the help. It's me. Yeah. Yep. That's the truth. And I think that's what's great with the group, too, is, is no one's like, oh, I'm doing this. This is what I do. It's like, no, we all show up and look at Joey. Where do you want us? <laughs> yep. Where, where can I help? You yep. know, you know, or whoever the, yeah, whoever the lead is on that one. You're just like, you go to the lead and say, okay, where do you want me? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to sit here and argue, but you tell me where to be. So right. it's like the first one, when I did Dallas and the ultra, I carried the flag mm-hmm. and the gear bag. That was it. Yep. But it was needed someone needed to carry the gear bag and someone needed to carry the flag um i started with just one and then when one of the guys got hurt i ended up with both but yeah. it was just like everyone's like oh do you want me i'm like if i hand you the gear bag or hand you the the flag who's going to be the pony right yeah yeah <laughs> it's like sometimes no, sometimes you may have multiple jobs you know yeah. i love carrying the um invisible scars flag that's yeah. that's my favorite flag um but i usually help uh side chick a lot of mm-hmm. times with the chair so i think what was funny is uh, you don't think about how hard it is actually to hold the flag though like when you carry the flag through the whole race it was like after is it dallas yeah after dallas when we we're getting ready because we drove out and drove back you know because <laughs> or we're driving back to the hotel and we're sitting there mm-hmm. and i had my arm like kind of up on the window and my whole right arm because that's where i carried it almost the whole time just cramped Mm-hmm. and i'm like i didn't oh yeah i was carrying the flag <laughs> yep using those muscles in the side of your body to keep it up and it's in yeah. trying to go over obstacles if you're doing that with the team and that keeping it up and stuff yeah it can be a little challenging yeah. it almost took that, me out in florida the flag that wind that wind yeah. kick up when you're going over that a frame that's where it was i was going <laughs> up and over a frame and as i went to go over the flag like the wind blew just right and the pole actually went through part of the a-frame and got stuck and then kind of pulled me over mm-hmm. to a point where like i was stuck because of where the flag was and michael had to come back up and like 
pull the flag away from me so that I could move because I was just like, I can't go anywhere. Yeah, I re- I remember going over it and I had wind and I don't know, it took every bit of my core strength to try to keep that thing straight and I didn't want to lose it, you know, so. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's what's, I mean, like I said, that's what's great about the team. I mean, I can't wait for my first race with the team this year. And it's going to be, like I said, it should be Houston, I think, will be the first one. Um, Which, like I said, I don't know if we have an athlete for that one yet. But if we get one, I mean, and like I've told everyone, I have a big house and a big yard, so. <laughs> Staying at your house. <laughs> I mean, it's still from the venue. I think it's still like an hour away, but. Uh-huh. But, you know, because it's typical Spartan, it's like, you know, hey, we're in Houston. It's like, no, no, you're not. <laughs> it's not really Houston. Some no. little town outside of Houston. It's like I did Vegas for years. Vegas is actually, the Vegas race was actually in Arizona. Really? Hmm? Yeah. And we'd stay in Utah because it was closer. <laughs> so when we'd go to the Vegas race, because the very first year we made the mistake of staying in Vegas. And we're like, this is an hour and a half drive. Mm-hmm. So the next year we're like, we looked and we're like, oh, St. George, Utah is 20 minutes. Yeah. So you'd say in St. George, Utah, and the race was actually in Arizona. Hmm. But the parking lot of the race was in Nevada. This is so crazy. (laughs) And it was always right at the time when like the time change was. So it screwed all of us up all the time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because when you're in Nevada, it was one time zone and Arizona is a different one. So literally, like the state line, like ran through the parking lot. <laughs> oh my God. But there was a lot of people. What late or early yeah. to the race? <laughs> I can't remember. It was early, I guess. Early, yeah, yeah. early. Yeah, <laughs> you get there and you're like, "What do you mean it's not time?" No, it's not time. <laughs> so, is there anything else that you had to that, that wanted to say, say to the listeners or cover before we we get out of here? Mm-hmm. Um, I know more hard than cars has a lot of things coming up this year, but. Don't yeah. know what things we can talk about yet. <laughs> we always got something planned, right? Um, I guess um, what I'd like to t- tell the least listeners, more like mental health wise, um, that it's okay not to be okay. And it's okay to reach out if you're having issues or if you're struggling. Um, uh, that we're not alone, like we've already talked about. Um, a lot of us have that feeling that, you know, I know when I did growing up that no one cared or, you know, I was invisible, um, you know, um, the, the depression hit me really hard during my, well, through most of my life with the grief and all that and stuff, but, um, but also that, um, to come out and join us, come join us for a race. Um, there's, uh, a lot of ways that they can get involved that we've already talked about, um, donating, uh, purchasing a race, um, volunteering and coming out with us a race. Um, they can get in touch with a lot of us on the social media platforms, but also on, on the uh, moreheartsandscars.com website. There's one there that um, has some links. Um, if you want to find out more about volunteering or if you want to donate, the links are on there. Um, but love to see them come out and uh, come join us. And I guarantee you that it will be a very memorable day. Um, and very, very inspiring to see what we do and the people's lives that we're helping and changing. So very much so. And the other thing is too, is if you see any of the posts from more heart than scars, advertising the, 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 you know, the sale, like it, 
comment on it, do whatever. Mm-hmm. It it helps the team and helps the algorithm to get that out to more people. Yeah. Um, and the more people that see it, the more that are going to buy the race and the more mm-hmm. money, because that's one thing a lot of people don't understand. There, there's a lot of money that's needed because most mm-hmm. of us, the, the group doesn't pay for us to travel. Mm-hmm. The group doesn't pay for our hotels. The group doesn't pay for any of that. Um, mm-hmm. Not that I would expect them to either. Right, right. But the other stuff is, you know, so all of us are doing this out of our own pockets because we love it so much. Mm-hmm. That money that when you're, you know, putting that in there, that's for gear so that we can help more athletes. Buy more um, wheelchairs. Buy yes, more the chairs ropes. are very yeah. expensive. Mm-hmm. The ropes, the, you know, all of the gear that we use out on the course is very expensive. You know, the gas to drive all that gear because you can't fly with all that. So every mm-hmm. race that we go to, that's why you don't see a whole lot on the West Coast yet because they're trying to be able to get more on the West Coast because you have to get that chair from Georgia, mm-hmm. you know, where the, yeah. the main base is to the venue so that's what a lot of that money is going to go to is to help the team be able to help more people you know so definitely you know think about you know buying it from the team you're going to buy the race anyway right might as well get a good deal might as well get a good deal and might as well help a good cause right Um, exactly it's an amazing cause and like i said the remember that's one of the biggest things i've always had with spartan and some of these other ones where people comment about people not doing everything or not doing stuff you never know what people are going through you never know about the invisible scars mm-hmm. um someone may look perfectly healthy but have you know an autoimmune disease that you can't see that keeps them from being able to do certain things but they still want to go out and do these races and they shouldn't be punished mm-hmm. because they're already being punished enough mm-hmm. they need to be able to go out there and do those races um don't judge someone Mm-hmm. until you you spent time in their shoes and even some of the other mental you know the mental stuff stuff like that mm-hmm. it's hard to break it's tough um you grow up in certain ways and you become you, you have a lot of those issues and what will you see one way is someone else's perception completely different for you know like you mentioned with growing up and everything i grew up the youngest of six a lot of my brothers and sisters would always point out like you get away with everything you can do whatever you want mom and dad never punish you they saw it as that way. My perception, mom and dad don't care. Mm-hmm. They don't see me. Mm-hmm. They don't care what I do. No one cares what I do. So why bother? You know, so a lot of times just because it looks like someone has things the best and their life's amazing, you don't know how their perception is. You 100%. Know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know. And like I said, that was one thing a lot of people like, you have it the best. Mom and dad don't, you know, yell at you. They don't do anything. I'm like, they don't do anything. They don't pay attention to me. I don't Mm -hmm. exist. You know, and I think that's one of the reasons why I became this, where I'm Mm -hmm. as loud and rambunctious and I'm I'm the the center of attention when I'm places because I never got it. Mm -hmm. To get that attention, I had to be loud. I Mm -hmm. had to be obnoxious. I had to, you know. Look at me. Yeah. Yeah. Look at me. Mm -hmm. Make myself known. And even then. You know, wasn't always there. So you never know what someone's gone through in their life or what what their mental, what they believe of themselves. Right. Yep. And don't look at anybody else and don't compare yourself. That's yeah. the other big one I see, especially like with the Instagram and everything else going now. I think one of my favorite ones is an Instagram 
influencer that shows what she looks like normally and then like sucks it all in and doesn't says this is the picture that i could show you and it's like you're human oh wow we're all human what you're mm -hmm. seeing on instagram is filters photoshop and someone at their best mm -hmm. you don't know what their worst is yeah and remember that on facebook you're seeing everybody at their best you know, nobody's showing themselves crying in the shower because because they want to, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, yeah. or, you know, sitting on their couch, bawling their eyes out for another reason, because they think that they're worthless. Mm -hmm. You don't see that. You no. just see what they post on Facebook. So never judge anybody. Yep. Yep. You never know what their what their life's been like or what what they're dealing with that day. No. So never at all. So. All right. Well, it has been amazing talking to you and getting to know you. It's been fun. <laughs> I can't wait to to meet you in person and get the the you know necessary pick of the the get listener that I finally get to meet in person. So, which was great. The first time I've been doing races with the the team, I'd interviewed pretty much everybody on the team, like Brittany, really? you know, yep. Amanda, all of them, and never met them. Mm -hmm. And Erica even until we did the race together, and then I'm like, oh, hey. I, I get to meet you all now. I know yeah. you, <laughs> mm -hmm. which they already felt that that's what made it was amazing too. I think for the first time I raced with the group, most of the people I was with already felt like family because yes. I knew them. We'd been friends on Facebook. We'd done mm -hmm. this, you know, talked. So yeah, uh, big family, big extended family. So yeah, it it's the family we choose. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes the, the family you choose is much better than one you're stuck with. <laughs> yep <laughs> all right well it's been amazing talking to you and i yep. can't wait to meet you in person all right i appreciate it mike all right i'll talk to you soon okay bye, bye. thanks for listening to the beast net podcast if you haven't done it yet find us on facebook like and share the podcast give us a review on itunes or spotify all these things will help to expand the show in the future don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear yeah.